You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. So my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation adds paid interns. Halsey calls out label. And is TikTok required for success? You're listening to The Biz Tape. Welcome to The Biz Tape, your all things music business and media podcast. I'm your host, Colin McKay, with my lovely co-host, Joseph Wazaleski, currently... Co-host, coast to coast. Coast to coast, space ghost, coast to coast, Joseph Wazaleski, my LA correspondent. How are you? I'm great, Colin, as you can see here, sunny California, this nice little white room uh, yeah good in. describe it visually more to our audio listeners <laughs> oh oh yes that's true that's uh, true uh this is a podcast um so there is uh i'm basically i'm in a pool house right now uh, this is the I most california here, thing but i do this is the most california really thing i'm we, in a pool house <laughs> i don't live here though <laughs> <laughs> no i've i've honestly been doing like the the um the like bumming around thing uh, because we ha- we have a place lined up, but it's just not- we haven't been able to move into it. So we've been moving for a month straight, just nonstop moving. And let me tell you, Colin, there's nothing like like not stressful at all about. It. It's so not stressful. Oh, it's yeah. just so easy. No, you know you you love just not having a place to call home. Oh yeah, <laughs> for a month love straight. Love it. Uh, it's like a never ending vacation, except. You have to still pay the money. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you still pay the money on a vacation. That's true. Well, you do. You do. You still pay the money, but eventually you can go home and cook That's true. a meal. Also, on a vacation, <laughs> you you're paying to. to, you want to be there most of the time. Yeah. You know? 
Which, like, I want to be here in my own space. Right. <laughs> you know, so, but it's been great. I mean, honestly, we, um, my partner, she has family that's been helping us out. Who, uh, she's from California. Um, so it's the transition's honestly been easier than I feel like most people in my position have been. Okay. In. Uh, so that's great. Um, and you know, it's actually, it's funny. I, I keep, um, I have some, some meetings already kind of like lined up. I was going to um, ask you about for this. the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So, uh, I have, I have a couple of networking things coming up and, uh, doing the old LA thing, Colin, which is, you know, coffee meetup after coffee meetup. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was uh, pretty know, Nashville. Maybe, it's, it's Nashville, but instead of, uh, you know, a, uh, $5 coffee. It's going to be more like a $7. You're coffee. like, do you want to split a water? Uh, <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> we could split a water, but even a water is expensive right. here at this point. Um, but you know, it's funny. I didn't know this. Um, you know, everyone's talking about LA with like how terrible it is to park in LA yeah. and it is, it's awful. It's the worst thing ever. You have to do more U-turns in this town than actual like right-hand turns. I feel like, but, um, Anyway, they do meter parking with a lot of stuff. And like it's it's like with anything, you have to read the signs or else you're going to get your ass towed oh, yeah. in two seconds. Um, and also street sweeping is a thing here, which I learned about. But I'll, I'll save that for another time uh, on, on this uh, update of Joe's parking adventure. <laughs> um, but anyway, you get to a meter, right? You pay for it. And generally, like, I feel like in Nashville, we're just expecting to pay like $20. Yeah. Right. Or something ridiculous. Like, because Nashville parking is very, very like, uh, it's sparse. There's not a lot of street parking you can do. And the street parking you can do, it's very expensive to do. Right. right. Well, here, Colin, you, you know how much a hour for parking here is it $20 is generally? No, it's a dollar. What? You know how you know how much thirty minutes is? What like fifty cents? Fifty cents, Colin. Everywhere so saying- in the middle of downtown to Silver Lake to East LA to West LA. It is the same. In your experience so far, <laughs> maybe I'll find in my experience so far. But like I'm in Central Central LA, you expect to to pay a lot of money, right? Well, but I that's don't know. the one thing that's like honestly not that not that expensive. That's really shocking. It is shocking, and I think the reason is because like everyone, they ha- you have to have a car to live here. Basically, it's not like New York. Where oh yes, just, like Nashville, a very notable walkable city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that's the thing is like Nashville, which I mean, we could get into the Nashville tea. No, it's but of of all the of all the parking knowledge I have. It's true. Joe Nashville. has an extensive knowledge of parking of Nashville that is not going to it's waste. It's because you have to. You have to know it or you're going oh, to get screwed I, I mean, out of I money. Talk to, when I talk to roadies or other you know, audio engineers, lighting people, whatever, who do gigs in town, they all know, and I've kind of figured out too where you park if you got a gig at this venue. Yeah, go down here. They'll like all tell you where it is because it's like, yeah, you're only getting paid, you know. Yeah, uh, maybe like mm-hmm. twenty bucks an hour to mix. Yeah, so you like gotta really the majority of your paycheck is gonna go towards your lunch in downtown Nashville as well as parking. So, bring your lunch, people. Uh, who's that? Uh, bring your lunch. That's true. People. It's true. Well, you know what else? Who else gets screwed, Colin? A lot of the time. Um, are that's right, interns. We love well, them. I mean, I, but I, businesses. Hate I don't them mean to interrupt you, but them. I was going to say these wonderful people <laughs> from our social media, if they're not following it at the biz tape and also, you know, following our newsletter, but go on. 
<laughs> yeah, but you could do that. And we're actually we're gonna hire interns eventually. Maybe in the ether. Who knows? I don't know. We'd love an audio. I don't know intern. how I'm gonna. We're not gonna. I, we're not gonna pay. I, you know, but. I say I educate youth sometimes, but <laughs> if it was my sole job too, I don't know about it. We'll see. I guess if you're hyped Your about it. Your sole job to educate. I mean, sole job to do. I feel like we're educating. We're educating. You, you know what? Yeah, and people have called me a pretty good teacher. It's just you know. I don't feel like a scholar. Dr. Right, Colin. Yeah, I don't feel... I'm not Taylor <laughs> Swift. I don't have a doctorate. Thank you. Um, you know, that was... I, I love the speech she gave. It was uh, It was truly immaculate. I didn't listen and to it, sadly. The energy was if, there. if you don't know what we're oh. talking about, uh, Taylor Swift got an honorary doctorate from NYU, correct? She yeah, did. okay. Yeah, and no one... I don't think anybody knew about it until she showed up. <laughs> To oh, I would have gone like, I'm and I guarantee even, you, all of those people were like, "What? Why is Taylor Swift?" Here? I would have gone like insane, like you know, I, I, as Joe knows, like literally, people have shown me Taylor Swift songs, and I'll go, I don't, I don't remember this song, and they're like, "How do you not remember?" And I would still be over there, like, <laughs> "Yeah," you know, like losing it the entire time. If it's like, "Yeah, Taylor," can you? Can you imagine having to do a group project like and then all of a sudden in your group project so, is Grammy winning extraordinaire Taylor Sorry, Swift. I don't mean to keep delaying us, but before we go on, was she the last speaker? Because if she wasn't. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> the the business guy. Oh, oh, my the salutatorian pivot. Pivot. Just make sure to pivot, Colin. <laughs> what I'm alluding to is Colin's uh Collins graduating class speaker who was very, very nice, but just continued to say, you know, sometimes life is a little tricky and you just have to pivot, you and know, go towards your, and then she went on and my favorite she went on about pies. Yeah. My favorite one is something. she kept saying, you need to go towards your roar, um, which is <laughs> a very interesting thing to say, but you know, this is what people need to get motivated to, to be interns as you're going to talk about here, right? They need to go towards their roar, the roar. right? So what's going on with these interns? Yeah. I had heard about this a little bit. Well, you know, businesses love free labor, right, Colin? Yeah. It's the, it's the most notable thing, especially in the music industry as like every music industry business likes to tell you that they're not making money, even though some are making quite a bit of money. And one of those businesses is Live Nation, the world's biggest concert promoter. Uh, yeah, in the world and soon maybe even um, in the universe at this point, because they're sucking up so many venues and so many workers. And they, you know, if you're in the music industry, you are going through Live Nation at some point. Now, for the three of you listening outside of the U.S., Internship programs here are like in place in order for college students to get more like real life experiences, right? In the fields that they're potentially wanting to work in. And historically in the US, these positions have been unpaid, even though some are specialist programs that require a lot of work and time and, and previous effort. Previous expertise a lot of the time too. To, you can't just walk in there if you really don't know what you're looking at what you're doing. Yeah. So you have to have some knowledge going into it. So with that said, the U.S. has passed national laws that have restricted unpaid internships to, quote, real companies. Oh, they great. That, yeah. <laughs> and that students must receive school credit uh, for taking like one on. So if they're signing up for an intern, they're also signing up for a class, basically. Uh, this can get a little bit sketchy because some internship programs are like, 
this is three credits. And then others are just like, this is one credit. You know what I mean? So like the amount of like payment for credit is a little skewed depending upon the program. And it really depends on um, the vetting of your particular college a lot of the time. If they actually vet yeah. the internships pretty well and they go, well, you know, that doesn't make sense if you're working 30 hours a week there and it's one hour credit, you know, um, it, that does mm-hmm. not add up. So like, yeah, that's also on the internship programs themselves. Yeah, exactly. And also, these national laws that are put into place are strict on how interns are actually utilized in the company. So, you know, we've seen all the movies of like interns going and grabbing coffee or doing laundry and stuff like that. And like, you generally now cannot do that unless it is specific, very specifically related to what you're doing. So if you are interning for, I don't know, to be an assistant to someone, maybe getting coffee, getting like dry cleaning is part of the deal. But if you're working for an A&R company, that shouldn't be what you're doing. Right. At the end I of mean, the day. like you have to be, you have to be learning. And there, uh, but like, the obviously there's kind of like a little len- leniency to that. It's not like if you got asked to get coffee one time, they'd be like, aha, but like a majority of it has to be work that is bettering your education. And that's mm-hmm. like the most important thing. Yeah. So as American work culture goes, in order to break through to your specific industry, an internship or even two or three is required in order to get hired out of school, right? We've been told this. They kind of nail it into your brain, especially in the music industry. It's like you have to be willing to get your hands dirty and go out and look for it, essentially. So now as work culture has changed during the pandemic, more and more companies, including touring companies, are struggling to find staffing as people have left the industry, inflation has skyrocketed, and wages continue to remain low. But as time has gone on, more and more calls to require paid interns are breaking through nationally, and businesses are now using this as a tool to invest in the potential future employees, such as Live Nation, who just announced that they are switching over to paid internships. So since the mega giant touring like corporation has announced that they have re- since received a, an insane amount of applicants, 15,000 applications yeah. since they announced this, which is like insane. However, this sounds wonderful and great, but only 50 people are selected what? out of that 15,000. Yeah, only, <laughs> only 50 people. They have 50 interns in Live Nation? 50 interns out of, you guessed it, 40 cities, I'm pretty sure. This is crazy. Um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, the the disparity is insane, right? So here's a quote from uh, Live Nation's uh, president of touring, uh, Omar Al-Jalani. He says, quote, moving to a paid internship program is an important step that allows us to keep bringing in the best candidates, not just the ones that can afford to intern for school credit. The music business isn't taught in most schools, so interning at Live Nation will give students great real-world experience, and we're excited to help them explore all the career paths in live music. So, according to Career Bliss... Live Nation interns earn $20,000 annually or $10 per hour, which is 40% lower than the national average for all interns at $30,000 annually and 107% lower 
than the national salary, like average salary for all working Americans. And this is based in, you guessed it, Colin, the Beverly Hills location, the most expensive city. That's where I want to be. Living in Beverly hey. Hills. Yeah. Uh, God, Joe, this is crazy. Did I, I looked it's up how many wild. employees they have worldwide for this 50 interns. They have mm-hmm. 44,000 employees worldwide. Yes. Yeah. So, which is like generally, it's if you really think about it, it with how massive of a corporation Live Nation is, it's pretty small. Right. And it's, it's a lot of like, territorial regions and stuff like that, right? That are like broken up and like the, them buying smaller businesses to kind of bring into the Live Nation sphere. But, you know, if you're going through Live Nation itself, uh, you're going to be up for a lot of competition. And generally speaking, I don't know about you, Colin, but um, My internship program was good in the sense of networking, which is like essentially why you want to intern in the music industry. But in terms of like, uh, I guess payout for the stress of it, it was very little. (laughs) If if you know, yeah, I I like I I remember I remember we we were in Murfreesboro, which if if anybody knows in terms of Nashville, um, it's forty minutes away like 40 to like sometimes an hour and a half, two if you're hours going in rush traffic. hour. Yeah. So you're going for yeah. this free up to this or what was it? Low pay, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't getting paid at all. I was getting school, okay, credit, school credit going up and I went three times a week and this is like, you know, I'm not trying to just like have a pity party for me. This is a lot of people uh, experience this in our program is like you go up to Nashville and you're working. You're not just sitting there, right? For the most part, you're working and you're working for free. And then eventually, most of the time, you do not get hired by that company, right? Yeah. Like you're going to get out and you're going to you're gonna network your butt off and try to swing another part, which um, if you are a hard worker, I feel like it, it does work out for you. I really do think your work matters. But I also feel like because it's like, if you're unpaid and you're you don't have the time to to take off from actual work and like getting money, it's very difficult right. for students to break into the entertainment world. I you know, and we talked about it a lot last episode, but I guess let's let me go the opposite way with it. Like let me try to think of it from Live Nation's perspective. So Live Nation has had a terrible, you know, couple years due to the pandemic, but now is kind of surging back to the levels that it was before. Although the stock more because of also just what is going on with the stock market right now is only about, is about $40 off. It's, I think it was about $80 and now it's at $120. But like what I'm trying to say is like they and a lot of touring companies and a lot of live people specifically have had this like double-edged sword when it comes to having so much business and then for some of them having incredible amounts of debt to pay off at the same time. And part of it has been this hesitancy, especially with COVID coming and going and coming and going to really make some, you know, strong investments in different sectors of their business, because what if it goes away 
you know, the next two weeks mm-hmm. from now. I think that COVID has fundamentally shaken up what we thought was possible when it came to the touring space and how that would actually work. I, I've said it on the show before, but one of the people I know who's a very long time roadie and is like a great system engineer, I was having lunch with him one time and this was like before, this was like right as COVID was starting and they like, you know, everyone was very unsure about their jobs in the touring industry and all this kind of stuff. And he went, the industry is recession proof but it is not pandemic proof. And I was like, yeah. And so with that in mind, I kind of understand Live Nation in some aspects trying to be like, look, we need to fill holes that we have and we need to train people up because one of the hardest things in the entertainment industry is training people because it's not very straightforward. I mean, a lot of the times, for instance... People have said, you know, you don't have to go to college for the entertainment industry. And I completely agree with that in some aspects, depending on your learning style. But no matter what it is, whatever company you go with a college degree or without a college degree, you have to get tra- like trained in the ways of that company at bare minimum, along with the industry normals that maybe you had an experience in college or, you know, if you're fresh out the book, you've never experienced at all. So for them, it's a great difficulty in a very ever changing market, probably with a good amount of debt from, you know, keeping the company afloat and everything like that to take risk and go, Hey, let's pay some interns, you know, more money lost and let's hope that they can kind of mitigate some of the workload, but we're also trusting, you know, potentially, and this is the thing that's also a double edged sword about the industry, huge potential clients that could exist in the future. You know what I mean? Like I don't think a paid intern is going to be, you know, working on, you know, a giant, giant account hands-on. Maybe they'll help out a little bit. Maybe they won't. But they're going to definitely be working with maybe some of the smaller people. And the thing that's crazy about the industry is it's so volatile. In one minute, you could be you know, short fry. No one cares about you as an artist. And then two seconds later, you could be at the top of the world. And so for them, mm-hmm. it's I could understand them being hesitant with you know wanting to have more interns. Now, going to the other side. It's 50 fucking interns. <laughs> this yeah. is a 44,000 yeah. person this is, company. This is not like they're creating some huge, huge like wake in, in like the intern sphere. Right. right? Exactly. They and, and to be honest, as a client, if you were worried at live, Na- you know, if you are, have a live nation promoter or something and you're worried about your relationship with them, maybe they would like throw an intern on you. Statistically, it is extremely low. <laughs> To have an, to even be working with an intern in Live Nation that's paid, you know, so that's kind of the thing with it is it's just like well yeah that all makes sense what I said before about maybe you know trying to train these people up you know you, they don't know what the norms are or whatever but it's fifty people you can control the situation of fifty people in a company that has you know the most market share of any promoter in the world and so yeah I I think for them. I, I, for them, they want the headline to be Live Nation does paid internships. They don't want it to be Live Nation does only 50 paid internships. <laughs> and for them, that seems to be what it is uh, because, you know, as you sent this article from Billboard, the, the title of it is Live Nation moves to pay internships. So mm-hmm. it seems to be also a marketing ploy from them. Do I think it's a good move in the long run, though? Yeah, 100%. I hope that the 50 selected 
if you guys are doing, you know, a rigorous process of who you think will actually be great for it and not just like, Hey, this guy knows this guy's dad. And so perfect. You know what I mean? Like they got to be actually nice people who are passionate and everything. I hope those 50 people kick ass and they go up the company and they go, yeah, the only reason I got to where I am today is because we paid interns. Let's get everybody to be paid interns. Let's get more paid interns. That's the only way I could come up. That's what I'm hoping is going to happen. Will it? I don't know. The industry is very strange with internships as a whole not even compared to music itself, but like in the entirety of internships that exist everywhere, because other than audio to some extent, like especially if you're going for more of something that's kind of a music business, that is a skill you mostly have to learn on site or through your Mm -hmm. own um, learning. Obviously college does help and you learn a lot through there, but like, you know, getting a degree does not make you an expert in being a promoter. You know what I mean? So what what I'm trying to say is like they, they have to play this game of hoping that they're getting people who are qualified, hoping that it won't cost them accounts, hoping that it's going to be a a great investment in the future. And at the end of the day, all the struggles you went through and many people go through, through their internships is a great sign of what it does and allows people to do it allows people. And especially since we talked about last episode, you know, one of the things with that internship program we talked about was they were trying to promote diversity. Well, one of the things that definitely is going to stop diversity is economic strife. So if you want Mm -hmm. that in live nation as well, these paid internships will help a lot, especially if these people from different backgrounds come from not the greatest socioeconomic background that could afford just to go. Okay. And then the whole thing with the college credit thing is an issue on itself that I've seen a lot of people talk about as well. And they're required. Well, there's just such a disconnect with like, I was actually talking with family the other day about this specific thing of just like, you know, like you, you're getting into these internships and you're being promised all of this knowledge. And at the end of the day, a lot of companies, like it really, it, it really is dependent on the company you choose, just like it is, I feel like the college you choose or, you know, go to of like, are you actually going to be prepared and are you actually going to get anything out of it later on? Yeah. Right. Um, and yes, there is a lot that you can do in order to create a better experience and like, you know, like actually working hard and like, you know, trying to remain interested and, and learn when you can and be being proactive. But at the same time, some people need more structure and uh, they need a bit more of a payout when it comes to experiential levels because otherwise how are you not wasting people's time right and how are you how are you actually making these credits worth comparing to other classes see this is kind of why i have thought that you know interns the idea of an internship is great but i feel like you could do this also with just you know seasonal part-time employees you know what I mean? Yeah. Something that's less, you know, about being, you learn a lot if you're actually, you know, if you actually are paid by the company to be an employee, they're going to make you learn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're going to, because then to them, that's going to hurt their ROI at the end of the day. Because if they spend all this money on salary for all these people that aren't doing work, they're going to go, well, come on. So, I mean, for me personally, 
I feel like I've met a lot of people on the live side of entertainment, but also just in audio that have learned way more from not being in internships by, but just being paid for the services that they can provide at the level they can provide and just have that expectation with employers that it's like, we're going to train this person up, you know, and a lot of great big giant corporations that do propel, you know, these giant level of executives and all this kind of stuff are from coming up sometimes, you know, going through the pro like really understanding how the company works. Now, do I think there's also extreme privilege where it's just like, I'm a stockbroker and my dad was a stockbroker and I know how to be, you know, I went to this uh, privileged uh, university and I can manage McDonald's fucking stocks. So I should be able to manage live nation stock. Yeah, that fucking happens. But like what I'm trying to say yeah. is like the real Titans of industry, like, you know, you're talking about like a, like a Clive Davis, a David Geffen, you know, even a Scott Bruschetta to some extent, like it's literally, they all, okay. I started out as a small fry and I moved my way up in this thing. And those are the people that really get like in the history books of music, as opposed to, you know, the people I'm talking about where it's like, well, great. Glad you just got transitioned to that because of the privilege you had. And I think for a lot yeah. of companies that they should see that as a worthwhile investment is going, hey, why don't we just don't put them as interns, put them as employees. It'll give them more of a reason to want to be here because they're employed. It treat, we treat them at an equal level, not a lower level. And we're trying to bring them up as opposed to being like, you're disposable. You're going to be gone in three months by, you know, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And that's, that's something that, we, we, as like, and I, I'm saying we, in terms of the United States are going through workers so fast that a lot of companies, including like, like big companies, especially like Amazon yeah, are now having, are running into the issue of we can't hire people. People don't want to work for us anymore. We're literally going through the entire population of people. And I do think too with the music industry, right? It's a lot more niche and it's desirable still um, and competitive asterisks for right now. But I, I right. mean, I, I kind of think that it's like, it's always going to be that way. But I also think the question is who did you turn away? Who are you? Welcome to 500 greatest songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stones, hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. 
If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed, cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. 
I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said, my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You just like, you know, yeah. they couldn't make it. Which every every single professional has had like a, oh, I passed up on this mega star situation or this big and that is a big thing like to learn with but like literally when it's not you know hey you're the main product of our business and it's like hey why don't we just have this you know young professional come with us and just watch what we do and ask questions and you were like nah don't do that that sucks Mm -hmm. you know i i just think that you know there is a level of internship etiquette which we hit on last episode but at the same time it's like it's like a different level than like, ah, oh, we didn't like, you know, maybe the music as much and we don't think it's going to be a good investment for the company as opposed to, would you like this person that's extremely engaged in your business and wants to help you out and wants to learn as much as possible right next to you? And it's like, no, mm-hmm. what? Like, that's where I get confused. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Well, no, thanks, Colin. I'm good. I'm good. All right. You know who's good and done with her label as well? Halsey. Uh, me and Joe got in a fight about who was covering this, uh, but I won. Uh, so we did. I I texted. I said. I said, Colin, I want to do it. And then he said, Well, 
too late. I've already written it up, and I said... And that's how this shit works, baby. And that's... Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's how this shit works, baby. So we got Halsey is in the news and really breaking out of the music sphere in general. I've seen a lot of big publications talk about it. Almost to the irony of the whole story, but we're get, we'll get to that. So if you haven't heard, mm-hmm. we've been making a long time joke on this show about, you know, just make a viral TikTok and labels are going, hey, you know, we could pay money for you to get marketing and all this kind of stuff, or you could do it for free in your house. Just it's so easy, right. Colin. And just make it viral. So I you know, we've been cracking this joke, artists have been cracking this joke, but it seems that it is finally bubbled to the surface of the general public via Halsey. And, you know, since Halsey's so high profile, two of her TikToks kind of showed like how ridiculous sometimes the music business can be when it comes to TikToks. Now, if you Mm -hmm. haven't seen the TikToks, I'll describe the first one. The first one's mostly her looking at the camera and mouthing along with her new unreleased song, which is kind of the big uh, point of both of these TikToks about her lament about not being able to release the song. So I'll, yeah, but it's like it's very melancholy, right? And she's like, it's not like a happy lip sync. Yeah, it's like she's a, very. You could tell like sh- it's like very. You know, oh, I'm so mad about this, and I'm just very upset because I like this song. So this is what the text said on the TikTok video while she was doing it. She says, basically, mm-hmm. I have a song that I love that I want to release asap. And then she didn't name the track there, but she basically says, but my record label won't let me noting that they've been in the music industry for more than eight years and sold over 165 million records as she rolled her eyes quote. And my record company is saying that I can't release it unless they fake a viral moment on TikTok." quote, everything mm-hmm. is marketing and they're doing this to basically every artist these days. I just want to release music, man. And I deserve better TBH. Then shortly after all of that, she released another TikTok with her trying to, you know, basically clarify kind of how, what was going on a little bit. It's a little, it, it, to be honest, it's a very confusing video. Um, mm-hmm. Most again, this TikTok is just like at her face. Like, and you can tell again, she's very upset and everything. And I, I guess just for this, the, you know, for brevity, I'm going to like, just play the audio here and you guys can listen to it. And so here's the audio for it, for her second TikTok showing how she is upset about this whole situation. And she's talking to someone, I don't know if it's management or label, but here's the clip. Wow. The song title, because mm-hmm. it would be. Halsey so good mm-hmm. and they would get the art on TikTok mm-hmm. if you're okay with those things but not announcing the date mm-hmm. then I think that we put that up like honestly I think we put that up like sometime between Monday and Wednesday whenever they can get the artwork ingested mm-hmm. what? I just hate this oh I know I hate it it sucks Honestly. okay so yeah and again I just want to hit on the level here. She's like very upset in the video. She's like, you could probably tell from her voice too. And there's text on the video that says, I wish I was kidding. Lol. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, this has started a firestorm because people are like, what the hell is going on? I don't, you know, why, why is she so upset about this? What's going on with this and everything. And as of right now, her label or her management have not really like commented on these TikToks. 
Um, I, I, this is a very updating story, so maybe I'll find something in a second, but I've literally looked and I can't really find as much, but like, yeah, it's a really strange disconnect with people kind of realizing how important TikTok is to the music industry, almost to a detrimental level of like people's Mm -hmm. psyche when it comes to having to create this advertising on their own. And that's kind of the one take of it. And then the other take is, was this the whole point? Did she? Yeah, was it planned? Did she want to make, at the end of the day, the song that I personally probably wouldn't have seen in my sphere has come to my attention, and I'm sure to a lot of others. And so a lot of people are wondering, was this kind of the game plan And in the first place? Mm-hmm. Like, did Halsey kind of, and uh, there's been a big trend of artists rightfully so and maybe even marketing so wise saying how their label is you know not letting them do it until they release a viral tiktok like charlie xcx does that a lot i believe florence the machine has done some stuff like that ed sheeran i believe has done stuff like that so it seems to be a marketable point that labels are willing to do so the question really is and and almost like a trend in itself right the question is like where does the marketing begin and where does the truthfulness end you know And that's kind of the big thing with it. And now it's kind of in this weird area where people have just been commenting on it over and over Mm. Halsey and like has just been like people have been tweeting at her and she's like kind of just explaining like I'm on a label, you know, I can't just put songs out because they legally, you know, get my songs and that's masters and everything. Um, So other issues are like, you know, uh, well, what about the label that signed you? And she's like, well, I got bumped up to Capitol records. So that's not even the label that represents me anymore. The Capitol records represents me now and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So there's like a lot at play, but I wanted to show like one tweet of her responding. Cause I thought it was very, um, strange. Uh, like, because people, like I said, were talking about, did you do this on purpose to try to get marketing? And she said, quote, I've been minding my own business on tour, taking care of my baby four albums deep coasting. I'm way too established to stir something up like this for no reason or to resort to this as a marketing tactic, but now I'm in too deep. So there's no going back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. kind of, I, I can tell by the way you're reacting to that. You kind of have the same thing where you're just like, I mean, I, 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 you know, I would say I have a pretty good bullshit meter, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, I, I think every artist wants to remain the, every artist working in the music industry and like putting work out wants to remain relevant. And some artists at the highest level will do still anything they can to remain relevant. And some, some don't, right? Some do have that flippant attitude of like, well, I've made it. And so now what's the point, right? Of like complaining about it. I mean, I, I, I do from my own experience working with artists, the label thing of like forcing people to have TikToks and stuff is very, valid that happens right there is usually they want you know people to make like a certain amount of tiktoks now i will preface this by saying when when i'm saying that labels are forcing people a lot of the time it's like they're talking to the artist teams and they're like hey this is the ideal spot 
to make these TikToks. We, we haven't seen, right? I, I guess we haven't seen yet some like deliverables contract where it's like you owe us three albums some, and some 4, where, thousand where they're TikToks. holding something hostage. Yeah, which this is interesting because it's like if it's true that they are holding her work hostage to hit a certain threshold. That is interesting. However, I'd like to point out if their threshold was over 7.7 million views for a TikTok, Halsey, you need to get out of that deal. <laughs> like, pronto, so funny pronto. enough, she also commented on her Twitter. She said, Talk to my label tonight after my TikTok tantrum. They said, Wow, the TikTok is going really strong. I was like, Okay, cool. So, can I release my song now? They said, We'll see. And then, uh, like, yeah. a frowny face. That's the thing that I'm like, I, I kind of am, am like bullshit. And then, but here's the, the funny here, part. The end of it is, tell me how I'm making this up. Yeah. So like, I mean, I don't know. It's just like if, if they're, if her execs or her, her label team is, is saying like, you have like, if, if they're wanting like over 7.7 million views for a TikTok, that's insane. Well, apparently that, that is insanity. She, she brought up too in some of her tweets is that the issue isn't necessarily like making a TikTok. It's just kind of like this undefined goal of virality. Goal in mind. Yeah, where right. it's like yeah. we would like you to like start a trend and like they never really said like, hey, you know, you need 7.1 million. They were just like, hey, we need like something viral, I guess. Yeah, which I mean, that's viral. Yeah, so, I, I definitely think it's viral. Where's her song? Yeah, and that's kind of the thing is like I, you know, part of the part of the problem with this is that like you're proving the label right. You know what I mean? Like is kind of the mm-hmm. thing, and it's like at the end of the day, this TikTok question is really up in the air about what is going on with TikTok and its necessity in the music industry. Is it required? Yeah. Is it not required? You know, what is it? So I, I guess we'll go to my poll real quick. I said, in today's age, should artists be concerned with their song's ability to go viral on TikTok? You know? I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. like, the Twitter said 25% said yes, and 75% said no. While our poll on Instagram was very voted on and very divisive. I was like, oh, it's probably going to go one way or the other. Did not. So we ended up with a close race of 56% of you thought, yes, in today's age, artists should be concerned with their song's ability to go viral on TikTok. And the 44% of you said no. So this is a very, and why I think we're seeing such a huge conversation about it is it's kind of like, is just this just the cost of doing business now? Is this like a requirement you know, when it comes to trying to get to stardom now? And is it a requirement to keep your career at the levels of stardom? I think that Halsey, personally, you're not above this because people who are arguably the same size of you and even bigger are doing this, you know, are making TikToks Mm -hmm. and are doing stuff and are trying to make viral uh, strategies and stuff. I mean, look at Lizzo, for God's sakes. You know what I mean? She's, you know, one of the biggest artists in the world currently and has been for the last two years. And she made a viral TikTok trend that is 
for, you know, for a person that we've been waiting on an album for, for so long, reminded the world, oh yeah, this girl's on top of the entire world because of this TikTok trend of, you know, about yeah. damn time. And so I am really at a loss kind of, I, I one again, I just don't like the whole, it's not a defense to go. I'm too big for this. <laughs> that just doesn't make mm-hmm. sense to me. But at the same yeah. time, it's like, I don't disbelieve her. I, d- I definitely believe her like that. Her label probably was like, yeah, why don't we wait on delivering until we get like, you know, some hype around it or something like that. And like you said, I don't know what her deliverables contract is like, you know what I mean? If the label mm-hmm. accepts it and you know, some contracts, if they're well-written will have, you have to execute, you have to make this on streaming and records and all this kind of stuff. Like, I don't know a couple weeks after it's delivered. And I don't know if Halsey has that, you know what I mean? And this is kind of almost the inverse in a way of like the conversation about like, Hey, we're not letting you out of this contract until you give us all the deliverables we want. Where now it's like, yes, you've given us the deliverables and we're happy with that, but we want virality. And I don't, I don't know. And it's like, what's the number? What's the number label? I, I, Give me the number of our variety. I don't know what would like, you know, constitute that. I'm sure maybe they have some internal goals and I'm, you know, I, well, yeah, they have those goals, but why not share with the artist if they do? Right. And I think most teams do, which is also, it kind of comes back of like, is this at the end of the day, a true thing? Or are we jumping on the bandwagon of like labels are bad and people think labels are bad. So let's make viral moments about how labels are bad. Yeah. And it's like you said, I want to go back to it's, it's very much trendy. Like it's a very trendy thing to trash your label. And at at a lot of points, yeah, I agree. Like we do it a lot here on this show, you know, but I also think there's some great people, great labels who are doing great work. But you know, a big point that I saw brought up was, well then Halsey, why didn't you name and clarify who these people were from the label? If you're so upset about it, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you, if yeah. you're this like, and I get it because you have a huge art, Which, you have a huge, you have a huge department of people that are working. It might not be a singular decision. And also you don't want to dox anybody, but like, I feel like, yeah, exactly. I feel like you would want to be like, yeah, my record label immediately capital records. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you were, that's where I would go. It's just being like all this aggression you're showing seems to be pointing people to your label. You know what I mean? And so if it's really about like, Hey guys, look how ridiculous my label is. Then why aren't you pointing to them? Because right now it feels a little bit like marketing. Cause you're like, I'm pointing to my music. I mean, the song is playing underneath your TikTok video. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I can't tell what the line of, like I said, marketing versus truthfulness slash rebellion, you know, is going on here. Um, it's, it's strange. I don't know. I mean, uh, Joe, I didn't really ask you this. What do you, do you think having and being, you know, TikTok viral is a necessity in today's age of like, you know, making and creating songs? Yeah. I think that, um, to create a successful song, do you need to, to go big on TikTok? No, I don't think that. Um, I really do think that there are still moments where the song speaks for itself um, and it's going to go 
the way it's going to go. And and there are amazing songs that never get huge or even discovered. Um, and artists that are probably earth shattering that, you know, plenty of execs here in Hollywood don't ever find out. Right. But I do think that as a business, you have to make smart business decisions. And if that means making a TikTok because it fits your brand better, maybe it is. And if it doesn't mean that way, maybe it doesn't. Um, I know this is like a very middle of the road answer. No, you're fine. Um, because I, I do think it is. I like, think it's a middle of the road I, issue. I, yeah, I think TikTok is a necessary part of the music industry as it is shown there is so much success that can come from right. it. But it's also shown that there's a lot of failure that that can come from it as well because there are plenty of you know, artists that get signed from TikTok that labels are having a hard time. I, you know, I brought that up. Distinguishing them from TikTok. I brought that up on the newsletter is that Scott Bruschetta, who's the head of Big Machine, specifically said a couple weeks ago, like, I haven't seen anyone from TikTok, you know, blow up to become a full star. They've still been tethered to the platform in a lot of ways. And so that's why he said, I'm not signing them. Like I'm not signing. You, I get all this pressure all the time to sign all these TikTok people, but I haven't seen a proven method. And I almost want to talk about that with you. It's like I personally have seen this interesting, like almost like you're too useful, so we want you as a consumer to stay on TikTok. Like there is like almost this thing where it's like people who are so good at TikTok and their music is good, but they're like so good on TikTok that like without the TikTok video aspect of it, their music doesn't do good by itself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's amazing to me how many of these people I know that are good at making music and make them specifically for making TikToks. And they like, you know, a lot of the time then release the song. It's like the click through rate of that is like abysmal. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. you know, the actual, Hey, I'll go follow me on other social media or like, you know, come to my show is abysmal. And it's interesting to see people who are like almost too good at TikTok, if that makes sense. Like, and they're almost mm-hmm. like, you can't have this artist without TikTok and people see them that way. And so they go, no, I'm not going to listen to your music by yourself. I like it with the little video or something. And so it's yeah. interesting to watch that. Or them singing in their car, Colin. <laughs> and then it's interesting <laughs> to watch the really big ones of the world who blow up, who basically exist and that is the reason that that blows up on the platform you know what i mean i think there is yeah. some really innovative people on the space that get really big tiktoks that do really funny shit like for instance little nas x and Do- doja cat are prime examples of i think hitting that middle ground when it comes to like they're making like hilarious funny interactive tiktoks but people already are listening to their music and consuming their music you know what i mean and then I do yeah. think though there's like people who just like make TikToks who are huge and like they'll just go, you know, all the fans are like, "Oh my god, it's them." Like and it'll have like 7 million likes on it and like that's the whole TikTok and I'm like, ah, "I don't know how much you're doing well for yourself or how much well you're doing for TikTok here." You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's yeah. it's definitely a double-edged sword. I think that I have seen way different people like this is a very polarizing issue i've seen people say like no every time you make a song you need to think about like that 15 seconds or something for tiktok Mm -hmm. and i've also seen people go the opposite way where it's like you know you need to express your creativity 
And if it's good, then it'll also be good on TikTok. You know what I mean? And I think like you're saying, there's a middle ground to that. And the middle ground is very difficult to ride. And that's why not everyone is famous about this all, you know, and is a giant artist. So and, yeah. and to be honest, the amount of random that has come into like, you know, social media that people don't take into account, you know, right place, right thing at the right time is insane. And so it sometimes it's, you know, you did a great job. You made a great thing. It's doing well because of that. And then sometimes it's just like, I don't know, man, it just did really well. And I'm happy that it did. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it is. Everybody's different. Yeah. Every consumer is different. Every artist is different and every artist's story is different. So I do think there is some, like I, uh, me, when I hear Scott Bruchetta's statement on that, I feel like it's a bit naive to be like all TikTok artists are like not going to make it. Right. right? I I already think there's going to be like insanely huge artists coming from TikTok. Uh, And especially in Scott's case uh, in the, in the country realm as well, you know? Um, but I do agree that is TikTok the holy grail of making your career? Probably not. Is anything the holy grail of making your career? No. It's going to be a lot of different choices you make on the way and how much effort you put into your craft at the end of the day. And, and people are going to notice. People will take notice. Yeah, it. I definitely, definitely agree with that. And uh, I, I think, you know, the end of the day, if you're so concerned about TikTok, it's like, what what's going to come after TikTok? You know what I mean? Like, there's going to mm-hmm. there's going to be another ship that's going to come up, especially in social media. Uh, we've seen it for the past, yeah. you know, 20 years. There's always another ship. So maybe you're, maybe you're not good at this, but uh, maybe it'll be great at the next one. You know what I mean? Or maybe you're just good enough at the thing you do already and you don't have to worry about it so much. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, 
This is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said, my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. 
In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet... Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Colin, um, what have you been listening to this week? Oh, man. So uh, did you do your homework? Oh, yeah, shit. you fucking didn't, you no, piece of I shit. Forgot. I knew it. God, I told <laughs> no. you to listen to it right no. after. I said, just listen to it right after this. Just do no. it. No, I totally forgot. I was, you know, I was looking. I literally, as soon as we we disconnected the stream, I was like, I it, it, fl- it went away. It was not in my brain <laughs> okay. anymore. So if you didn't listen to the last episode, I'll tell you what it is. I listened to... Come Home, The Kids Miss You by Jack Harlow, which I had read about because Pitchfork, in their very Pitchfork way, gave it a 2.9 out of 10, which is Mm -hmm. so fucking crazy low. I mean, the last time I saw something like that was the even more verbose Greta Van Fleet, you know, thing where they were like zero out of 10 sounds like Led Zeppelin, which, which my favorite thing from that review. And I'll never forget it is the first sentence is literally like Greta Van Fleet sounds like they did weed exactly (laughs) once. (laughs) And I was, I was just so it was to that level of savage throughout the entire thing. And like to put it in perspective, they're like 16, right at the time or like, they're still like children, right? (laughs) They're getting ripped into, by this giant publication. But anyways, can, yeah, sorry. no. And they kind of did the same thing here, which is, uh, you know, they said it's the most insipid, vicious statements in recent pop history. Um, so 2.9 out of 10, I listened to it many a time. I listened to it twice in preparation for the show. It's so I could get my full picture. And I gotta say 
that I think 2.9 is a little bit exaggerating. It's probably like a five. Like exaggerating. A, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, it's so like <laughs> I was like I was like is does is it supposed to be a one? No, <laughs> no. Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, it's even worse. No, no. I, I you know in in some ways. I, uh, I, I like stopped myself from, re- I only read the first sentence of the review and then I read it again later after I listened to it and it made sense is like, for me, there are some really good gooey middle bits of this kind of, it kind of reminds me of Donda in that same way where it's like in, the, or like a cookie or like a cookie. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it has this gooey center that is good, but unlike Donda, it's like the rest of it is just very okay. Like, and Mm -hmm. and one thing that I would describe this album as is like aimless. It feels like, you know, I I will say this with a lot of rappers. Sometimes, you know, they just kind of rap about the same things over and over. You know, I got girls, I got money, you know, I got clothes, you know, all this regular stuff, but at least that's kind of like, thematic you know it's like around the same almost like rap theme that we're used to there's just a lot of songs on here where i'm sitting here going jack what is this about what are we talking about right now like (laughs) i get like he'll have like one line i'll be like all right i'm excited to see where line two goes and then he goes like in the opposite direction um like uh for instance uh dua lipa is one of the songs and uh he's like Mm -hmm. He talks about like how he's gonna thirst after Dua Lipa for like one line in the chorus, and then the rest of the song, it's just somewhere else. And I was like, <laughs> okay, um, so definitely a pull. I feel like that's even a pull to get people to listen more to the yeah, song. Yeah, and so like here's just to throw and I, you know I didn't really like First Class. I didn't. I I always say that like. The thing they use a sample, obviously from Glamorous from Fergie, which I guess if you're not old like me, then you wouldn't know that. But like uh, Glamorous, right? And I always go, you know, the G L A M. I'm like, that was honestly like the lamest part of that song in retrospect. <laughs> like the coolest part of that song was like the whole like synth, you know, booming and all this kind of stuff behind it that kind of like sizzled in. And they was like they took the weirdest part of the song. But I think personally, like I ended up liking Jack Harlow a lot more after listening to this record. But like it just felt mm-hmm. like very aimless. And the times that he finally got like, hey, this song is about just this it like clicked. I was like, yeah, this is great. Uh, the like gooey center I'm talking about, for instance, like I really like the song called side piece, which is exactly what you think it's about. It's about it. Yeah. Literally the first line I love, he goes, I made a record for my main piece. Now this is for my side piece. And I'm like, okay, all right. That was pretty sly. And he like talks about like, you know, this girl or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. We're staying on topic. Love that. And uh, he also has like, if you want to know another thing about how this album has not been doing well, it's that this album has a bunch of features on it that you'd never have heard of because the album is bad. So like no one cares that the features are on it. So like there's a Drake feature on Churchill Downs that makes me feel like I wish Drake was rapping this whole thing. And then uh, Mm -hmm. there's a Justin Timberlake feature on here and yeah. then there's a little Wayne feature and I'm like okay there's also the hallmark of hey Snoop Dogg here's money yeah I'll play on it <laughs> I don't care um, but like the best feature on it and one of my favorite songs is movie star which has Pharrell which kind of makes fucking sense because anything that Pharrell's in just like it's gonna it's be gonna amazing. be good so like 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's kind of my thing. It's just very aimless, but there is like three or four songs I really like. Like I said, Side Piece, Movie Star, Like a Blade of Grass. Those are like really great songs in my opinion. And I did end up being like, man, I really like this guy. I just wish that he came on more across and it didn't feel like he was, you know, hiding behind all these lyrics that don't mean anything. And yeah, especially if you listen to the beginning, you'll be like, Jack, what are we doing, man? Like he tries to do, you know, the whole epic intro rap thing where it's like, here's this for 30 seconds, move. Here's this for 30 seconds, move. <laughs> and I'm just like, Jack, this just, come on, man. Like, I like you, man. I just, I, can we make something better here? And then literally, like, as I told you, I listened to this twice. Every time I got to the middle, I was like, thank God, here we are, baby. <laughs> God damn it. And then I would be slowly, slowly let down. Just disappointed it was it was literally a bell curve of like happiness in the middle of it i was just like (laughs) okay all right oh well now it's over um but yeah that's my long-winded thing i guess to make up for joe's lack of homework um yeah i'm sorry uh well now i'll just i'll never listen to it because colin gave such a great summer again i do really like a couple songs on there and i do listen to them like unironically you know i hey i like this but god just like mm-hmm. as an album, again, I've, I've talked about like maybe three songs on here that I've like really liked and the rest of them are either meh or bad and it's a 15 song album. So that's yeah. rough. Yeah, not a not a great situation. Yeah. Um, well, I kind of uh, stumbled on an artist I've never heard of before called Ethel Kane. Um, who is, think like Lana Del Rey, like early Lana Del Rey. And that's what uh, she's kind of like falling into a bit. Um, And they actually had a pretty good, um, like a, I wouldn't say a huge record, but like pretty successful record called Inbred. Yeah. Um, And it's like very like all of the like visual stuff is like, it's it's very much like... um, kind of like old American vintage Catholic twist kind of vibe. Like it's very much like religion is the focal point, right? Of like how religion interacts with you and stuff like that. Um, and so this latest release, Preacher's Daughter, um, has a song on, on it called American Teenager, which I think is amazing. Um, you guys should definitely check it out. Uh, Ethel Kane, E-T-H-E-L-C-A-I-N. Um, also, I've been listening a lot to this song called Low Blow by Honeymoon, um, and it's off the album Body, which is a great record, um, as well as uh, just, it's a bop. You know, it's one of those things. And I finally did it, um, and I meant to talk about this record before. I listened to the new Paul McCartney record. McCartney 3? I've McCartney 3. Yes. And I was insanely surprised. I was insanely surprised with how much I liked it. In fact, Dominic Fike's song, Kiss of Venus, on it is Dominic Fike's best song. Wow. Which is insane to me. I think it's. I think his best song was that four minutes in Euphoria that everybody wanted. (laughs) (laughs) With the prolonged eye contact. Uh, No, this is definitely the vibe for Dominic Fike. And um, it's just, it's fun to me to see Paul McCartney get, like he's, he just kind of throws a curveball with people because, you know, he's such a legend. He doesn't need to be doing this anymore. 
but he does it because you can tell he wants to, right? But it's not like he's falling off of the plane. Yeah, of, it's not of, like of sad. Existence. He's yeah, it's not sad and it's not old people music, right? He's like listening to new music and he's liking new music and he's trying to bring that to the forefront of like wider audiences, which is what this record I feel like is all about and I think it's great. I actually, I was surprised the, the Phoebe Bridgers song was one of my least favorite songs and I love Phoebe, but that was actually one of my least favorite songs on the record and the Beck song was amazing. Yeah, like him why? and Beck are like really good it buds. So good. And uh, it's very strange, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, they're great at making music together too. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Paul McCartney does later on. I kind of like this feature thing he's got going on. Yeah, he's been yeah. doing that for, I mean, we all remember the Kanye West, Rihanna, Paul McCartney try song. Yeah. But uh, I mean, yes, I uh, actually next week I will be seeing Paul McCartney live for the first time. Uh, oh hell yeah! And I will be holding. You gotta take a vlog. I, I will vlog be holding it. a sign that says <laughs> "Temporary Secretary." Can you play it and see if he can play it for it? Which is considered one of Paul McCartney's worst songs, but I know he plays it live, and I'm gonna figure it out. But yeah, I mean, he he does stuff like that, which is really really cool to me is like he just like you said he it doesn't seem like he's just like ah, i'm set my ways whatever i put out there people are just gonna buy you know what i mean he mm-hmm. he almost to his detriment in terms of like playability will be like no i'm gonna try something you know what i mean like we're just gonna i'm gonna you know i've been listening to different music i know these artists and obviously like i'm sure maybe he thinks about it in his mind like this but also i feel like he might be like also because i'm paul mccartney if anybody i invited ever said no they i'd be like what the hell you know what i mean like yeah. but uh mm-hmm. yeah i mean he's he's the real like you know last beetle doing like really innovative stuff now and you know the man's in his 80s which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't really see Ringo doing much innovation. <laughs> yeah, peace and love, peace and love. With all the peace and love. Yeah, yeah. with all the, that peace and love he's got. Uh, you could always listen but. to my favorite, which is uh, on YouTube only, which is uh, Stop and Smell the Roses, uh, which is from... So I, I guess I, I won't go into it, but basically uh, Paul, Ringo lost a majority of his money in the late 70s um, from the Beatles. Uh, especially since he wasn't a songwriter. So, and a lot of stuff. So he basically, uh, he like, he started just like doing all these albums to try to make money. There's also a notable amount of Japanese commercials he did to try to make money. And, uh, Oh my God, I need to watch this. And, uh, anyway, so stop and smell the roses is on this album. I believe is called stop and smell the roses. And it's this song and it's like very, um, vaudeville play i guess we'll call it like uh he literally like it's just him like kind of talk singing screaming the entire time where he's like stop Mm -hmm. and smell the roses like the entire time (laughs) and so like it's so funny because there's a part at the end and the video for it if you look it up on youtube is even more ridiculous because there's like a point where he's like leading a big band and he's like you know talking to this guy and he's like get out your porsche and walk and so you can feel alive and then like uh (laughs) then he's like uh it, it kind of going back to the money. He's like, tell your friend about this album, buy this album, get your friends to buy this album. And it was like, it's so funny. And it's like in the fade out, which makes it even like sadder in some ways. 
Because it's like, I yeah. feel like it's like the recording engineer being like, all right, Ringo. All right, let's just, uh, okay, okay. okay. All right, we're done. We're wrapping yeah. up. <laughs> oh, my God. Ringo, it's like 12, 12 a.m. Uh, we got to go. I've I have been doing coke for home. like 15 hours down in the basement, so it's about time to record. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's so funny. It's yeah. Stop and smell the roses. Um, step and smell the yeah. roses. Well, Colin, it's that time of the day where you just, what the uh, fuck are you doing? I hear bottle sounds. I, All right. yeah, I, you know, it's w- the worst it's, part it's, is for some reason tape you just cut night. off during it's the after whole hours. Oh, it's after hours. Oh. <laughs> I didn't hear anything you said. I literally was like, you made this speech and the audio cut out. <laughs> oh no. Uh, well, yes, it's, um, it's after hours, Colin. And that means, uh, a little after hours, uh, drinky and maybe a little foot massage moment. You know, so, what the fuck are you going to foot massage or, or ASMR here. Let's do the ASMR thing. Let me, let me open the bottle. Just... That's not good. Let me, <laughs> let me touch the mic. All right. I'm ending the yeah. episode before this gets weirder. Yeah. See you next time, folks. Yeah. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the biz tape podcast and be sure to leave a like or subscribe or send it to your friend or don't or i don't know i i can't tell you what to do um but our label's telling us to do this and so you should do it Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.